Welcome to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health, the podcast that shows you how to live a longer and healthier life, showcasing doctors, clinicians, and patient stories. The goal of South Coast Health is to help and inspire you to navigate your health journey with knowledge, comfort, and ease. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. I'm Patricia Raskin, your host. And today we are talking about health care proxies. And we're talking to three experts at South Coast Health. I'm going to tell you about each of them. Dr. Maravel Laxer, MD, earned her medical degree from the University of Santo Thomas in Manila, Philippines. She completed residencies in internal medicine at Makati Medical Center in the Philippines and at UMass Memorial Medical Center in Worcester, Mass. She also completed a fellowship in infectious diseases at Makati Medical Center, Philippines. Dr. Laxer is board certified in internal medicine and is a member of the American College of Physicians and the Bristol South Medical Society. Dr. Laxer is fluent in the Philippine language. Our next expert is Dr. Irina Murport, MD. Dr. Murport is a specialist in internal medicine. Dr. Murport received her medical degree from Tashkent Medical Institute in the former Soviet Union, where she also completed a residency in internal medicine and was an instructor in internal medicine and physical diagnosis. She later completed a secondary residency in internal medicine at North Shore Medical Center in Salem, Mass. She is board certified in internal medicine. And Dr. Murport is a member of the American Medical Association, the Massachusetts Medical Society, and the American College of Physicians. We are also joined by Christine Cernak, who's an RN, BBA, MPH. Christine received her diploma in nursing from the Christ Hospital School of Nursing, a bachelor's in business administration from the University of Cincinnati's Carl H. Linder College of Business, and a master of public health from the University of Massachusetts School of Public Health and Health Sciences in Amherst. Professionally, Christine has practiced medical, surgical, and hematology oncology nursing in the acute care setting, home infusion therapy nursing, and chronic disease self-managing support and education. Christine enjoys leading complex health and social needs care management teams within the South Coast Provider Group and the Hospital Group and Health Network. She also focuses on integration of a variety of community organization services and supports for people receiving care within the South Coast Health System. She is the Executive Director of Integrated Care Management at South Coast Health. Welcome, Christine, Dr. Irina Murport, and Dr. Maraville Laxer. All right, we have some great questions for all of you today, so let's start. Dr. Laxer, I'm going to start with you. What is a healthcare proxy? So a healthcare proxy is your alternate decision maker. When uh, a person is no longer able to have the capacity to make their own healthcare decisions. And this could be in the form of a healthcare proxy or a durable medical power of attorney uh, that will cover mainly your medical treatment. Your healthcare proxy will then work with your medical team to ensure that your care and treatment preferences uh, that you had discussed are being followed. Christine, what is the difference between a healthcare proxy and a living will? A living will 
is your instructions for how you want your care needs managed at the end of life. And it can be in Massachusetts expressed through medical orders for life-sustaining treatment. And in Rhode Island, it can be a living will, which is officially recognized by the state of Rhode Island. And those instructions are really a guide for your physician and for your healthcare proxy in how to manage your care at the end of life. And the, the healthcare proxy is the decision maker that you've assigned to make that decision if you can't, correct? Correct. Okay. Ideally, it's someone who's close to you, a family member, close friend, someone who you've shared your preferences with and your beliefs with so that they can align those preferences and beliefs to the situation at hand related to your health. And they're also the executor of your living will, correct? Correct. They make sure that those preferences expressed are followed at the end of your life. And so you want to be sure that the person that you've appointed your healthcare proxy is strong enough to do what you've requested, not what they want. And, and so that's a significant difference as you evaluate who becomes your healthcare proxy. Um, you want to make sure that they, you have that trust with them and that they have that strength of character to execute what you desire when you're no longer able to make those decisions for yourself. Yeah, very important. Dr. Murport, when does all of this take effect? Uh, healthcare proxy takes effect when a person cannot longer make a decision for herself or himself. But the clinician is the one that helps make the assessment in terms of assessing what the abilities are of the patient. Exactly. A clinician or physician will make assessment of the patient's capacity to make decisions. Usually, it involves assessment for a person to receive information, to process and understand the information about healthcare decisions. Physician will assess the ability of the patient to process and maintain this information and make choice for himself or herself. This is a very important part of the uh, assessment. If patient would deem to be incapable of making decision about his or her care, then healthcare proxy is the one who will make decisions and basically voice all concerns about the issues for the treatment of the patient in that situation. Is there any limitation on who or who can't be a healthcare proxy? The healthcare proxy should be a person 18 years old and older. He or she should be obviously capable of expressing him or herself and make all those decisions accordingly. Um, in addition, when a provider is determining your capacity to make decisions, 
they may find that you have capacity to determine where you live, but you may not have capacity to fully understand some healthcare decisions. And so there may be certain things that you retain the ability to make your decisions for and other things that your healthcare proxy is making those decisions on your behalf. Dr. Laxer, what are some questions to consider when you're choosing the proxy? So typically there is one primary healthcare proxy and one has the ability to choose a secondary healthcare proxy in case that the person is not available to make those decisions for you. Hmm. Dr. Murport, what kind of decisions can a healthcare proxy make? So decision you would make as a healthcare proxy is uh, regarding the treatment for the patient, regarding surgery, regarding medications, regarding placement patient on ventilator if needed, regarding withdrawal of any healthcare treatment and so forth. So that's why it is very important that the person who will make those decisions for the patient know exactly what patient himself or herself, you know, wanted to do in this critical situation. Christine, now that we've talked about, you know, what is the healthcare proxy? What are the questions that you ask before you decide who your healthcare proxy is? And then what are the decisions that the healthcare proxy makes? So we've talked about all that. The question now is, what are the relative advantages and disadvantages of having a living will and a healthcare proxy? So the advantages of having a healthcare proxy and a living will are that your decisions are documented and you have someone to execute on them on your behalf. Most of us don't plan for a time when this event may occur. And so even when something unexpected happens, you have those documents ready. They also allow you to express your preferences in writing and to a person so that there's clarity in how to manage extreme situations and that you can allow your medical providers to be fully informed through a conversation with your primary care provider about what you want and what you don't want. Sometimes it really helps your family members in managing those difficult situations and the decisions that are involved with them. Dr. Murport, so once you've decided this, what do you do after you decide who's going to be your healthcare proxy? Do you have a conversation with them? Do you document this? Once you've made that decision, what's next? Once you make this decision, you definitely need to talk to this person and make sure that this person will be able and willing to do what needs to be done. Uh, you put it in writing if you'd like to. You have definitely have to inform this person exactly what are your wishes in this catastrophic critical situation uh, in terms of life support and making decision about withdrawing life support. That's very, very important. 
you definitely need to let your primary care provider, your physician, know about a healthcare proxy. You have to have a copy of the healthcare proxy for yourself, for the healthcare proxy, and for the provider. And it would be nice to have people who live with you know where your healthcare proxy is. This documentation will help to uh, make decisions smoothly yes. and avoid unnecessary, very difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Christine, what happens if you don't have a healthcare proxy? If you don't have a healthcare proxy and you are in an environment where you lack capacity to make the necessary decisions for your care and treatment, then a hospital may go to court in order to have the court appoint a healthcare proxy, which in this case is called a guardian for you. And frequently, if there are family members who are there and are willing to volunteer, the hospital, when they're filing that request for guardianship, will include the family members who have volunteered to be your healthcare proxy. Unfortunately, that process takes a long time to move through the courts, even when it's relatively urgent related to your healthcare needs. So having one pre-documented is always the best course when an event such as a loss of capacity occurs. Dr. Laxer, so if a patient decides to sign a healthcare proxy, how do they pick their healthcare agent and explain what the healthcare agent does? I also would like to add that a psychologist usually is the person who will decide whether you're capable of making those decisions. So that's where the conflict of interest lies. But in terms of administrators or owner of a facility where a person is residing at, you know, it's hard for an administrator or hard for somebody to set aside uh, doubts when an administrator is the healthcare agent who will make healthcare decisions for that individual. Again, it points towards possible conflict of interests. Mm-hmm. Dr. Murport, what's the difference between the healthcare agent and the healthcare proxy? Healthcare agent and healthcare proxy, it's the same thing. What I just wanted to add to Dr. Laxer's answer is the healthcare agent and or healthcare proxy should represent the wishes and wills of the patient, not what a medical professional feels or knows needs to be done in this situation. Because it could be some kind of conflict in this, because some people will believe in one thing, but the medical knowledge of the primary care physician would guide them to the different answer. So that's why I think it's not advisable to have your primary care physician or your psychologist or your psychiatrist be a representative of the patient. It should be a person who just very close mm-hmm. to the patient and would speak for the patient and represent the patient in this situation. Dr. Laxer, what would you like to add to that? 
So your preferences as documented in your living will or power of attorney for healthcare supersedes your uh, healthcare proxy. You know, the duty of the responsibility of a healthcare proxy is to follow your preferences. And so that's why it is important to document it. Mm -hmm. Christine, anything to add to that? For the facility administrators, the administrator has a financial conflict of interest in being your healthcare proxy because you are paying them for providing you with care and with shelter and with a home. And so that's why we wouldn't want to have that financial conflict of interest and it standing in the way of the execution of your healthcare decisions. Christine, are there other resources on the web concerning end-of-life decisions that can help you? Absolutely, and thankfully, there are many. So your state generally has information available regarding the forms that are legal in the state and um, may also direct you to other websites that provide information about managing your healthcare proxy and your living will. In uh, our region, there is the Conversation Project. There is Honoring Choices Massachusetts. Both states have very good websites. And of course, the South Coast Health website has excellent direction and is a good local trusted beginning place to come to learn a little bit more about healthcare proxies. Going back to the healthcare proxy and the healthcare agent, Christine, on that note, what if you're young and healthy? Do you need to, to appoint someone? So on your 18th birthday, your parents' responsibility or your guardian's responsibility ends for overseeing and supporting you in healthcare decisions. And so at that point in time, it is extremely important that you select someone to be your healthcare proxy and document it. Um, and that decision may evolve and change over your lifetime. And that's completely normal to have happen and expected to have happen. Dr. Laxer, can a healthcare agent overrule my wishes? If I've appointed them and can they overrule my wishes or my prior treatment instructions? So under Massachusetts law or regulation regarding healthcare proxies under Section 8, it states that no person acting as an agent pursuant to healthcare proxy shall be subject to criminal or civil liability for making healthcare decisions in good faith. Mm-hmm. In uh, Rhode Island, the um, Rhode Island Healthcare Power of Attorney are also subject to immunity protections. It is stated in Rhode Island General Law 23-4-10-7. However, because living wills are enforced in Rhode Island, the patient's declaration governing the withdrawal or withholding of life-sustaining procedures should be honored. So if the healthcare agent isn't available when the decisions have to be made, it's in writing. So they are made in writing ahead of time. And so can that be changed? Dr. Murport, 
could someone change their mind and say, I don't want to do it that way anymore? If they did that, would they have to change the document? Yes, uh, you can change your mind and you can change the document. If you decide that you want to, to pursue different venue, definitely you have to get rid of your old healthcare proxy papers, fill out the new ones and inform the healthcare proxy and your primary care physician about the changing in your decision. I can also tell you that it's a good practice to talk about it one maybe once a year with your healthcare proxy and with your physician about your healthcare proxy and your wishes for end of life situation. Usually we can utilize this time during the physicals when you go to see your primary care provider or for older population when they come for Medicare wellness visits uh, to the doctor's office. This is the good time to talk with your provider to address your uh, wishes or changes in your situation and uh, reassign a healthcare proxy. Christine, can my healthcare agent be legally liable for a decision made on my, the patient's behalf? No. The state laws in both Massachusetts and Rhode Island protect a healthcare proxy from prosecution for decisions that are made in good faith and in alignment with the healthcare proxy's wishes. Dr. Murport, can my healthcare agent make decisions for me? about organ or tissue donations? Yes, they can make decisions regarding organ or tissue donations after your death. That's the part of healthcare proxy requirement uh, to make those decisions. Dr. Laxer, what about other documents that might be helpful to ensure that my wishes as the patient are being carried out? So, you know, when we discuss healthcare proxies with patients, The important thing for them to understand is there's a lot of advances in in medical care and uh, we are, you know, living longer. And there are certain instances wherein we develop a medical problem. We have an accident or injury or, you know, in any other catastrophic illness for that matter. It is also important for us to understand or know How do we want our life to be when that time comes? And in order to do so, it is important for us to make our preferences known. Preferences could be because of our religious beliefs, personal beliefs, and not everybody has the same kind of preferences. So in order to be comfortable with our quality of life when those times arise, it is important for us to to make our preferences known, not just in writing, but also have another family member aware of what your preferences are. Thank you. That's really important to know exactly what, you know, what the resources are and what other documents uh, are important here. I'm going to move over to technology. Christine, do digital and electronic forms of medical records affect the need for healthcare proxy? No, they don't affect the need for documentation. Those documents are extremely important. And as a result of electronic medical records, 
There are paths to internalizing those documents within the electronic medical record. However, interoperability of those documents moving from one healthcare entity to another are limited in current state. They're in their infancy. And so ensuring that you have a copy, that your provider has a copy, and that the person who is your proxy has a copy is critical to ensuring that your wishes follow you wherever you're receiving care. What about patients that have long-distance healthcare proxies? Does that affect their abilities to speak for the patient, Christine? No, it does not affect the ability uh, to speak for a patient. Um, I'm actually a, a long-term or long-distance healthcare proxy myself. And the key things are to ensure Number one, that you have a copy of that document and that the the person for whom you are a proxy shares that document with their providers. And then telemedicine, telehealth um, capabilities have expanded so that should an event occur and you need to be able to see the individual that you're representing those wishes for in order to inform their care, Um, telehealth can be utilized as part of that process. And speaking of telemedicine, Dr. Murport, what kind of a role does it play in healthcare proxies and other advanced directives? Uh, Telemedicine is a great support for healthcare proxy and advanced directives. Technology has improved accessibility of the forms for to document healthcare wishes, proxies, living wills, and other end-of-life documentation. Telemedicine can support someone who is unable to come to the healthcare office or when care is needed at home during palliative or end-of-life care. Bruce from Middletown, Rhode Island, was no stranger to pain. I kept hurting my back. Then I found out I have degenerative disc disease. From the age of 15 to the age of 35, I had 12 surgeries. I was in agony. And it was a three-year period where I deteriorated to the point that I couldn't stand up. And I wanted to give up. Then Bruce met with a neurosurgeon at South Coast Health. Very impressed with him his honesty, and he told me what he was going to do. South Coast Health is nationally recognized for superior outcomes in spine surgery and neurosurgery. To find the right South Coast physician for you, call 844-744-5544 or go to southcoast.org. I can't tell you how much of a difference it's made in my life. Not to be in pain is phenomenal. Life is good. South Coast Health, more than medicine. Dr. Laxer, when a patient comes to you and you are a primary care physician and they talk to you about end-of-life issues, healthcare proxies, what do you say to them? How do you direct them when they ask you these questions? So I think it is it is very important to have a healthcare proxy and it has to be somebody who you trust and somebody who make the appropriate healthcare decisions for you when you're not able to make those decisions. Keeping in mind the kind of quality of life that you want to be uh, according to your conversations while you are well and not when you are dying. 
Dr. Murport, anything you'd like to add to that? You're also a family care physician and how you work with your patients. Be as specific as you can. This is the key. This is very, very important. You want your healthcare proxy make decision about your health the way you would make decision for yourself. He or she is your voice and he or she is your advocate in this matter. So be as specific as you can. Okay. And Christine, as Executive Director of Integrated Care Management, please weigh in on this in terms of working with patients who then come to you with these questions about healthcare proxies. So in our success in managing health across the lifespan and extending life into elder years, many times we look to the catastrophic events as the trigger for these decisions. However, individuals may have four or five or more chronic conditions, and those may impact the quality of life for an individual. And when quality of life has deteriorated, that may be a time when the healthcare proxy and the, the medical orders for life-sustaining treatment or living will may come into play so that if the quality of life has deteriorated, that those instruments may be utilized in order to guide the care of an individual at that phase. So I'd like to ask closing thoughts for each of you about healthcare proxies. Just what would you like to leave our listeners with today? And I'm going to start with Dr. Laxer. So I think it is very important to have a healthcare proxy, and it has to be somebody who you trust and somebody who make the appropriate healthcare decisions for you when you're not able to make those decisions. Keeping in mind the kind of quality of life that you want to be, uh, according to your conversations, while you are well and not when you are dying. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Christine. Last time I checked, none of us were getting out of here alive. And so the best passage from this life to whatever the next life is, is one that is thoughtfully planned and reflectively communicated to those who you've put in charge when you no longer can be in charge. Thank you. Thank you so much. Dr. Murport, your closing thoughts. Yeah. Speak with your provider, speak with your primary care provider about healthcare proxy. This is important. All information is available. Ask questions, answer them. That would serve you well as well as your family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Dr. Maraville Axer, Dr. Arena Murport, and Christine Cernak, RN. BBA, MPH, and she's the Executive Director of Integrative Care Management at South Coast Health. Thank you all for being on the program today. That wraps up our program today on healthcare proxies. I'm Patricia Raskin, and thanks for tuning in to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Healthy Aging with South Coast Health. To subscribe to this podcast, visit www.southcoast.org forward slash healthy dash aging. While you are there, we want to hear from you. 
please take the time to complete a quick survey so we can learn more about the topics for upcoming episodes that you are most interested in to live a healthy lifestyle. Thank you to our hosts, Patricia Raskin and South Coast Health. This podcast is brought to you by creative content developer Raskin Resources Productions and produced by Virtually You.